heal us. You will save us. You will provide for us. We are trusting in you to be the only thing to be the God that only you can be in our lives and in our situations. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, Lord, we ask that you speak to us today from the volume of the book that you have given to us. Speak to us. Give us words of truth. Give us words of life. Give us words of inspiration, Lord. Give us words of clarification. Give us words of correction and instruction. Give us words of reproof. Lord, give us words of insight. Give us words of wisdom and words of knowledge. Give us prophetic words, Lord. Give us apostolic words. Give us evangelistic words. Give us teaching words. Give us pastoral words, Lord. Give us words, Lord, that bring heaven upon the earth in our situation. Be God as only you can be in our lives. In the name of Jesus. Now say this with me. Heavenly Father. Your word says, if I lack wisdom, I should ask you in faith without wavering and that you would give it liberally without fault finding. I ask now for that wisdom and I believe that I receive it. And I say with my Lord Jesus that I must be about my father's business. Thank you. For giving me your insight into my kingdom success in jesus name i pray expecting amen i say this with me i'm a believer of the word of god i am an epistle of the spirit of god i am a disciple of my man of god i am a finder of the destiny path of god for my life Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Just want to acknowledge those of you that are watching with us online. Thank you for participating in the last service of the year with us. In the last Sunday service. Let me rephrase that because we have one more service um, on tomorrow evening. Um, but we just want to acknowledge your presence here. Please, there's information there about how you can connect with us on social media. You can be a true destiny partner to us by helping others to experience the difference of destiny. So please take the time to connect with us and lock us in. There's more than enough ways for you to both plug into what we're doing and also to be a partner. You can be our evangelist through all of the network to the people that are among you. You can be that kind of person to help us, all right? So um, our series today um, that will uh, last service of the year is continuing on in our series on experiencing increase through faith and we just thank god for your being here and being a part of that amen all right hallelujah praise the lord experiencing the increase of faith now um this is the series that of course that we've been in for uh, a few months now really we've been talking about faith uh for um probably the last quarter of the year, I think we we got into this thing, uh, and at first we were dealing with unleashing, um, unleashing the increase of faith, and um, that was just talking about understanding what faith is, how faith works. That was not supposed to be, if you've been a part of our ministry for any significant length of time, that was not supposed to be 
new information or even new revelation, but, but just because it's not new doesn't mean it's not valuable. Sometimes you just got to, um, uh, one of my uh, mentors, um, my dad's best friend, Bernard Davis, used to talk to me about what it takes to be a good executive. And one of the things he challenged me is that if you're in a good, if you're really a good executive, you do, you do the basics brilliantly. Are you brilliant at the basics? Okay, so this is a very basic lesson, but I want you to do it brilliantly. Understand how your faith works. Are you feeding it the right stuff? Are you, are you meditating in the word? Are you doing the things that stir faith up? Do you have a promise? Do you have a belief system that's, that's built on the word of God? If Jesus heard the thing you believe, would he say, I'm Jesus, I approve that message or not? And then the second part of it was just to talk about now that we understand faith as a tool, now let's use our faith to go after different areas of our life and actually use faith to experience increase in those areas, all right? And then we talk to you about, you know, some of the things you believe in for, you, you know, if everything you believe for, you already know how it can manifest, then you're, you're probably not stretching your belief far enough. Like, I'm asking God for stuff like, I don't even know how it's going to work. How, how could you do that for me? But if I have a big God, why would I only make small requests? All right? You know, if I have a big God, I mean, like, if you knew that anything you wrote down you would get for Christmas, I'm telling you, you tell your child anything you can put on paper, I'm going to give you. Your child will have a list so long, they would spend hours on hours making sure you talk about making a list and checking it twice, man, you wouldn't have to tell them, right? So what I'm just saying is, if God is the person that you're believing in and he, you believe he really is God and he's amazing, then don't limit him with small requests. Don't, don't, don't be like Lazarus who only desired the crumbs. Right. All right. Now, in the different areas that you release your faith, each area has nuances that go with it. Right. Sometimes you can get your healing all by yourself, but sometimes you need help. Sometimes unforgiveness can stop your healing. Sometimes it's not. It's not it's not everybody that's you, you see what I'm saying. But you you need to find the specifics of the area that you're believing God in so that you'll know that you're doing it the way that God's intends, because you might be thinking you're waiting on God and God is waiting on you. All right. And so what we've come to at the end of the year as we've been talking about experiencing increase through faith is we've been talking about um, having, having faith in the destiny of our next and future generations. Thinking about the destiny, right? Because sometimes faith can be just what can I consume on me in my lifetime, right? And, you know, your pastor doesn't have a problem with you believing God for stuff. He doesn't. If he didn't want me to, he shouldn't have put it in the book. That's my statement, right? Um, oh, man, you should just be heavenly minded. You walk on streets of gold in heaven. I need some gold now. In Jesus' name. 
you know, I was coming to the end of the year and I was like, what in the world am I going to give Lady Nedja for Christmas? Jesus. And see, husbands, you know, now you may be one of them brothers. It don't mean much. But if, you're, if it means much to your wife, it need to mean much to you. All right. And um, Lord Jesus, what am I going to do? Because she's like, she's the real thoughtful one when it comes to this. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Mm. Okay. <laughs> but I, I know I got to do something because if I don't, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You knew the rest of where I was going with that. And um, so I was watching TV and I was watching. She has all of the shopping shows like on lock. Like, you know, it's like cheers. Everybody know your name. When they see our number, hey! <laughs> <laughs> she got, she got her, they all those shows on, on speed dial. <laughs> it's like, cheers, everybody know your name. Well, we got you all in the system. We know how to get pocket packages to your house. We know. We know how to do that. And uh, then I was watching the jury channel. I was like, wise men got gold. I said, hey, that worked for them. That worked for those wise men. I'm going to be a wise man. Give me some gold, too, in Jesus' name. I'm just saying, you can <laughs> If God didn't want us to see all of that was just a little humor. If God didn't want you to have stuff, he shouldn't have asked. He shouldn't have put it in the, in the Bible. If we believe that the blessing of Abraham is on us and Abraham was rich in silver and gold and cattle and servants, then I don't have a problem believing God for stuff. What I don't want to do is limit God to just stuff. Why would I take something so important as faith and only put it on stuff? Why would I do that? Why would I limit what God, the supernatural, sovereign, spiritual, senior partner that I have, and only ask him for stuff? Why wouldn't I put on my heart the thing that I know is on his heart and ask him to do the thing that he's already willing and wanting to do anyway. Why wouldn't I not just give him information, but give him an invitation to do something amazing through me and through the people that I touch? All right. And so, you know, we have this definition, you see it here, about destiny being this undeniable truth that God has an amazing plan for your life hidden inside himself and placed in sea form inside of you. And what we are acknowledging is, is that our young people are seeds. They are seeds. They are seeds. And that we want to be the people that believe God for the seed that they are to emerge into the destiny that he has for them. All right? And that we are committing ourselves to be God's destiny partners in the plan that he has for their lives. All right? So our scripture, Matthew 18 and 5, And it says, whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me.
whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. All right. And so what we said is, is that we're going to exercise our pillar definitions. Well, well, first of all, let's let's go back to our key statement. We gave you a key statement last time. This is just a, a short review. I won't be long. Um, the, killer, the key statement we gave you last time was when you have a problem, God has a baby. But you must deliver the deliverer that is born to deliver you. So who knows when I look at this pretty little baby, what problem God has sent that child to solve? Okay. It's up to us, it's up to their parents, up to us as a church, up to us as a community to discern that and to do the kind of warfare that's required to allow that child to grow into the destiny that God has for him. Does that make sense? Jesus' parents had to deliver him from Herod so that he could deliver them from Herod. Moses' parents had to deliver him had to deliver him from Pharaoh so that he could rise up and deliver them from Pharaoh. That's the mindset that we have to have, that there's something amazing. When I look at the young person that's in front of me, I have to, I have to look at them as if they are a gift. You know, in Christmas, I got excited just looking at the outside of the boxes. I didn't even have to know what was in the box to be excited about the box. I just believed that something good was in that box for me. If they said that box was mine, <laughs> I would go and just sit and look at the boxes. I was just excited. I didn't, I didn't even have to know what it was. I just, some days I just wanted to sit and look at the box. That's what, when we think about our children, that's the way we have to think about them. There's something good. And so I, I want to stop rushing past them and begin to say, God, this, what if this was Jesus? Jesus said, if you receive them in my name, you receive them just as if they were the baby Jesus. If I receive one of these children, like it's him, now, see, I teach you that Jesus ascended to heaven, gave gifts unto men, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And I tell you that you, you are to receive me, not because I think I'm Jesus, but I understand that my role as a minister of the gospel is to speak for him into your life. And so I, I am very unashamed and unabashed about teaching you to honor the gift that's on my life. Okay? It's not people, some people think it's man worship. Yeah, listen, I have no heaven. Did you know that? I have no hell. You knew that too, didn't you? So you know that I'm not the person that, that, that it's not about worshiping me. And my ego doesn't need to be stroked. I just understand that there is something on my life that if you honor it, it'll come on your life too. All right? 
But hold it, this scripture says that's not just true for ministers. Jesus took ministers like me in a room and put a child in front of them and say, y'all need to be like him. And he told them, I take it personal how you treat them. And not only should, see, because that changes the, the dynamic. We, we teach children, you need to honor your parents and honor the elders. And that's true. And there's Bible to it. Sometimes we said that and been dishonorable to the grace that's on the child's life. And Jesus is looking at and the angels are telling on you. So this scripture made me pause and slow down. Making and, and, and it's, it's forcing me to ask questions. How am I honoring what he is doing or he desires to do? in those young people's lives, and how am I assisting him in that process? And so we said, you know, I'm, I'm giving you a glimpse into what I believe God is unfolding for us in 2019, right? So I've given you two of our pillar definitions, pillar definitions. Pastor David, our, why do you call this a vision pillar definition? Because if our vision is going to, to be done, these are things that uphold it. If this falls, that what, uh, there, we have, for those that are watching online, there's two pillars in here. If these pillars fall down, then the roof caves in. Okay? And so they provide structure, right? You, you can knock out a wall, but don't knock out a structural wall in your house. Or you, you have created an elevator, a one-way elevator, and it only goes down. Okay? <laughs> Don't do it. All right, so, so here's our pillar definition. We've given you the pillar definition of leadership. Leadership, we said, is living a life of vision from God, value to others, and velocity of good works in your generation. So that's what we believe is that we have vision from God, Right? And we're going to provide value to our young people. And we're going to, as a church, get some velocity, which is distance over time, the time being 2019, to really do some things. So my objective when I come to the end of 2019 is to have a, 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 a substantially different level of works that we have done for young people than what we have done this year. Pastor David, why are you telling me that now? Because I'm going to need your help. Because we're going to do that. It's not going to just be me. What we read last week, it wasn't just the professional preachers. They literally, <laughs> their grades weren't so good in, in the story of Jesus. All right? So I'm challenging you in that. Then we also talked about stewardship. We said stewardship is acknowledgement that the spiritual, physical, financial, and relational resources. Uh, Brother Jonathan talked about relationship resources that, that have been entrusted to us belong to God and must be faithfully accounted for. All right. That was the review pieces. Now, we gave you eight leadership stewardship moves for, for your destiny generation. And that's, that's the piece that we really wanted to get into today. Eight leadership stewardship moves for your destiny generation.
All right. So number one we said was believe God for the destiny of the next and future generations. All right. Now notice, notice the second part inside your family, but not limited to your family. Inside your family, inside your, I would say inside your family, inside your church, and inside your community, all right? I want you on purpose to get that Christmas list about young people. Not stuff that you, pray for stuff you might not even be here to see. Pray for things that'll take longer than your lifetime to fulfill. Ask God to do some things, to turn around some things that you might not even be here to experience. Believe him for that, all right? Um, look at Hebrews 11. We're going to read verses 1 through 3 and then verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11. Read verse 1 through 3 and then verse 6. And this is all under number 1. And it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. All right, that's what, you, that's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to believe for something that's not seen, right? To hope for something that you, that, um, that's not yet physically manifested and believe for things that's not seen to the point that you obtain a good testimony. Verse three says, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So I'm asking you to believe and to use your words to articulate things that are not yet visible to frame a better world for the future generations than would be for them if you didn't open up your mouth in faith. Verse six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a reward of those that diligently seek him. Believe that the God that is will reward you for believing things for future generations. And remember, believe for stuff you don't even know how he can do it. Don't make it small. Right? Believe you know, Bishop, Bishop says, hey, um, he's got eight kids. Bishop, Bishop uh, Thompson, eight children, bunches of grandkids, right? And so he tells me every day he calls out each one of his grandchildren by name, every day. He has a certain prayer regimen that he does. Children, grandchildren, he calls them out by name every day, right? And um, he told you that his grandmother prayed and his mother was surprised that this was a man of God that her grandmother, that her mother had prayed for. What, what can happen if you're the person that does the believing? What kind of reward can you get if you're calling out their names and treating them like they the baby Jesus? All right. 
it just, it may, for me, it just makes me slow down a little bit. Because I can get so busy that I'm just running past. Anybody else ever had a child wanted to spend time with you, but you were so busy and caught up in whatever you were doing? And you was just in your feelings. If Drake was here, that's what he would say. You was in your feelings. You was in your feelings and your situation, and you weren't believing for what God was trying to do and being the partner that he, he wants you to be for them, all right? Number two on our list says, don't just believe for it, pray for the destiny of the next and future generations. Believe that your prayers can impact generations. Believe that you praying will impact your generations. Stuff can happen in your family bloodline because you pray. God told Abraham, I can bring promises to him because I know what he's doing and how he's praying for his, his future generations. All right. Mark eleven twenty four. And while you're turning to Mark eleven twenty four, remember Simeon and Anna were both good examples. They were spending time in church praying, believing God to solve problems through future generations. Right? Um, and Simeon was so, Simeon was so good. He was like, I don't have to see the rest of it manifest. I have seen the deliverance. He was like, I am not going to die until I see this. And he said, okay, now, Lord, you made a promise to me that you weren't going to let me die until, until I saw the Christ. Now, he was still a baby. He couldn't do nothing yet. But he said, now you can let your servant depart in peace. You, you fulfill the thing that I held out for this one promise. I just want you to pray like your prayers live beyond your lifetime. Mark eleven twenty four says, therefore, I say to you, what things you ask, you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Okay, so at the moment that you're praying, the believing has to be happening when you're praying. All right. Told you my story about. Minister John, I read the scripture. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. I started confessing that he wasn't a man yet. He's not all the way there yet. Now he's working on it. He's working on it. He's, he's coming of age. And that's okay. But you don't start the believing when you start, when it's manifested. What, I, what I'm telling you is, like, like I, I'm calling out. Uh, my daughter's Ru Ruby's name and praying about husband and children and grandchildren. None of that. Not, you're not ready now. None of that's for now, but I'm just, I'm sending it out in advance. See, what happens, we've let the devil get out in front of us. <laughs> I mean, one day she was playing with dolls. Next thing she was talking to me about boyfriends and I was not ready. And so... Uh, I, I said, Lord, I'm never going to be caught like that again. It just, we was cool and, you know, daddy-daughter dating this. She didn't want to date daddy no more. It, it got ahead of me. 
Pastor Butler, I was not prepared. Did they just, all of a sudden, it, there was a button and I was, <laughs> I had entered a new season and I was not ready. So I determined I'm not going to have other seasons catch me off guard. I'm going to get out in front and be praying for stuff, right? But just remember when you pray, at the moment you pray, you have to count it done at that moment. Okay? So when she was in the womb, and when she was, she was, she was a, a young child, I used to say, God's woman of faith and power. Okay? Because I believe that the seed of destiny is in her. So I call to the harvest on that seed. Right? So, so make sure that when you're doing your praying at that moment, even if you haven't seen anything, you just count it done at that moment. Don't wait to thank God until you see something. Thanking God causes you to see something. Right? Remember everything that we've taught you about faith. Right? So you got a child nutting up. When you finish praying, don't act like God didn't hear you. I'm trying to, I'm trying to teach you from, from praying and then short-circuiting the prayer that you prayed. That's what I'm, that's the whole point. Okay. Don't, don't pray. Man, ain't nothing changed. See, you, 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 you just can't, you canceling out your own prayer. That's what I'm trying to make sure we don't do. All right. Number three, uh, um, one more scripture here. Psalm 22, 30 and 31. I often read, I'm reading it out the, the King, the New King James, but I learned it in the King James, which reads a little different. But let's look at it. Psalm chapter 22, verse 30 through 31. And it says, a posterity shall serve him. It will be recounted of the Lord to the next generation. Right? In the King James, it says, a, a seed shall serve him. Yes, a posterity shall serve him. It will be recounted to the Lord to the next generation, All right? Um, verse 31 says, they will come and declare his righteousness to a people who will be born that he has done this, all right? So a seed shall serve him. God looks at that seed and say, I got the next generation taken care of, okay? So... When I see a young person, I, I, I let, I let um, Christian do it last week. Bobby, why don't you come do it with me this week? Can you just come stand with me? I'm, I'm letting Bobby do it this week. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay. You can come on stand up here because I want them to see you almost as tall as I am, right? In Jesus' name. And um, so Jesus, the scripture says, when God sees somebody like this, he doesn't just see him. He sees the generation that he will live in and, and influence. A seed shall serve him. God accounts it for the generation. God says, like, God sees things in 2050 like it's already done. Does that make sense? God sees like he's, he's already there because he is... He is the I am that I am, who was and is and is to come. He's already there. 
he's already there. Like we're work, we're getting there, but he's already there because he's li he lives in the eternal. All right. So he like we experience one moment after the after another, but he sits outside of time and looks at all of it as if it's he's like he's watching a movie and he's already there at the end. Got it. So then he sees that I, I have. By the impact that we're making on him, the people that he will touch when we are no longer here to make impact. See, and he, he accounts that like I got the next generation taken care of, but we got to do our protection ministry. We got to do our partnership ministry to put in him what he needs for that future point. All right. See, thank you. Go ahead. Give him a hand. Thank you, please. That's really important. Um, I was working. Did, did, did y'all enjoy praise and worship today? Y'all enjoy praise and worship? Like every once in a while, Pastor, like I'm kind of old school every once in a while. I just got certain moves that I do. And, you know, when I do my music, I mean, and I appreciate what John does and stuff like that. But when you want some old, yeah, you need to bring, <laughs> you need to bring the OG out when you want the old stuff. You know what I'm saying? But there's some, there's some oldies but goodies that I know. And when I do that thing, man, I do that thing, right? I'm just saying, man. And, uh, man, I, I just, there's just a certain touch that I got, a certain way that I do. And then, but, but you got to remember when, when, um, when Brother Shelton was like three and four, we started him. So when, when John was five, I, had, I would teach him one chord. Just, here, man, that's really, really good. Let me show you another one. Until we put together a whole song. But that wasn't just for that day. Now there's people now. Churches want to hire them away from me. But they didn't, do the, they didn't do the stuff that I was doing. I was, I was looking for things. I was, I was planning then for this day. Right? Now I choose that this is the Sunday I want to play. Okay? But hold it. The Lord's telling me, okay. I gotta, you got to get back in the game again. There's some other young musicians you need to find. There's some other ones you need to start bringing in and bringing up. There's some problems tomorrow that you got to start working on today. So all of us have to, have to do that. You know, I, I was telling Lady Nedra, I said, listen, I said, I said, you know, we engineers. I said, I said, but I, I, I'm telling you what, I'm telling you what the Lord's telling me. I said, right now, the way I see it, I said, the best engineer in our family, their name is not Johnson, it's Buffington. I'm paid to spot talent. That's my job. They, they pay me to find talent and help that talent overperform. So I said, I said, I said, I said, I, I'm, I'm looking at the skills of my nephews and man, they can outrun me. I said, I said, if they keep going, I, I said, they, <laughs> I mean, me, I mean, like I came through engineering school by the hair on my chinny chin chin. I'm just saying they, I said, they, they can, they can be stronger than where I was, but 
When I was their age, they didn't have an uncle. I didn't have an uncle like me to help. They should go further. They don't, they shouldn't have to find, they shouldn't buy a lesson I already paid for. Why should they have to buy a lesson that I already paid for? Why? Okay. And so that's the mindset that all of us have to have. Now, see, people look at me and I'm just doing it in the area that I'm in, but I'm not in the area that you're in. You got to find your own lane, right? Part of, that's that's the that's 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 the that's what we mean when we say destiny deposits. That I'm finding young people, I'm finding a generation behind me, and I'm taking of the destiny that God has given me, and I'm putting a deposit in them for their future. All right. Number three, allow God to speak to you about the destiny of next and future generations. All right. Now, remember, that's the difference between Mary and Zacharias. Zacharias was a professional preacher. And he had prayed. But when his prayer was about to be answered, he, he couldn't hear it no more. Don't be that guy. All right? If you're going to be like Zach, don't be like where he started. Be like where he finished. Right? Make sure... If you're hearing something and you can't quite tell everybody, just say it in private. Because <laughs> sometimes God tells you stuff so big, you, people would think you crazy if you told them. But make sure you allow God to speak. That whole, the whole Christmas story was about God speaking to wise men, shepherds, parents, uncles and aunts. Right? Church mothers and church fathers. God is a speaking spirit. He wants to talk to you about the destiny of future generations. So you got to be in a position where you can hear. Right? If he talks to you in a dream, wake up and do something about it. Write it down. Do something. Now you can just have your phone next to your bed and it can, it can record so you don't have to get up and try to get your pen and get your glasses on. And you ain't got to do all of that. I just, I mean, I love the memo function on my phone. I'm just saying, I, I love the memo function. That will tell you, I love the memo function on my phone. She wakes up and hear me groggy. This is what the Lord is telling me. I can't even, but I just, I got, I'm trying to get it down. Okay, then I can go back and hear, I don't understand what you, what you were saying. Well, it wasn't for you. It was just for me. I understand. Did I, I just want to make sure that I got it when I get up. You got to have some way that you, that God can speak to you. And what I'm telling you is, let him talk to you about the children in your family, children in your house, and your extended family in the church. Right? There is no scripture that said Anna and Simeon were related to Jesus. They were just in the church believing. All right? Let him speak to you about children in the community. The shepherds had no relation to Jesus. He was just a kid in their neighborhood. 
These are the people in your neighborhood. I remember Mr. Rogers, the people that you meet each day. Okay, let him talk. What if you're walking by somebody and God has something to say to you about that little child? I just want you to be in the zone where God can talk to you about kids that you don't even have nothing to do with. Because this, we're going to make relationship around us and say, even if you don't want to come, will you trust us to take care of your children for a little while? Now, see, sometimes some of them are going to be like, baby, bye, throw the kids at you. <laughs> and then you're going to be wanting to drop them out home because you got other things planned. And they gonna, you're going to have to wait a minute. I'm just, <laughs> okay then you can't be in your feelings and not want the kids to come back next week because their parents made you wait. I'm just saying, okay, when we're signing up to be good stewards and to be good leaders in their lives and to provide value, then we're asking God to make us, to inconvenience us so that we can be a benefit to them. God, I'm okay with you inconveniencing my life to bless somebody else's. And whatever you do, if you make a promise, deliver. Don't, don't make a promise if you, if you, if you ain't sure that you got, the, you got the intestinal fortitude to follow through. It's better to underpromise and overperform than it is to overpromise and underperform. Yeah, you got that, you got that. Number four, this is what we're really working on. This is, this is what the Lord's telling me for 2019. Intentionally build kingdom community for the purpose of fulfilling the destiny of next and future generations. All right. Now, pastor doesn't have a roadmap. All I have is a compass. I don't know exactly how that's all going to work out. I don't believe all the answers are going to come from pastor, just so that we clear. So what pastor is telling me is telling you is if God is giving you some things to help us do a ministry, present them to pastor, and I'm going to take the time to go through them. Now, what I deal with with people is they respond slow when I tell them God told them something, and then they want me to respond quick when God told them something, and they tell me. I done been in church a long time. I say, I done heard from God. I got to go pray about it. Let me, I don't know if I feel lead. I want to have a pencil sharpened so they can feel lead. I don't know if I feel lead to lead that pastor. Here, I got some lead. You want to feel it? Okay. All right. But then when they hear something, and if you don't move like tomorrow, They feel, they, they feelings get, they get in their feelings. Pastor, are you with me? <laughs> they get in their feelings. All right. So all I'm asking you is, 
if you had time to hear God, let me have time to hear him and process it. Because it takes something to move an organization. All right? Your pastor, I'm intending not to be like those professional preachers who knew that Jesus was someplace and wouldn't get out of their routine to go there. So your pastors are, I'm telling you, I'm opening myself up to God in this area. But even when you're open, it still takes something to move in a direction. All right? So we're going to listen together. Why are we listening together? Because you might be the extended family. You might be the Simeon or the Anna or the believing businessman. You, you might be the professional preacher who really listens and pays attention. We're going to invest, and then we're going to trust that God's going to send people like he sent pagan politicians to Jesus. That money will come to us if we do the things that we need to do inside. We believe resources will come to us from the outside to do what we can't do. Somebody say amen about that one. Number five, make faith-based preparation, protections, partnerships, and provisions for next and future generations. If you believe that that is true, then you're going to prepare like it's so. Right? If you believe that the seed of the future is something special, then you're not, you're going to be protective. Now, protective doesn't mean, like some people, they, they just suspicious. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like you have people with trusted character, and then they babysitting you calling every three minutes. I mean... If you didn't trust them, then you shouldn't have gave the baby. You understand what I'm saying? If you don't trust them, now I'm not telling you everybody is trustworthy. I'm saying you got to make a difference. But they brought, <laughs> the scripture says they brought Jesus into the temple and then Brother Simeon grabbed the baby. Hold it. Now see, Mama, now see, Mary must not have been a sister because she would have been like, hold up, bruh, pump the brakes. Who you? <laughs> I'm just saying, okay, who you and why you pushing up on my baby? But she had to have enough discernment to know, no, they're not trying to hurt him. They, all, all of the destiny that's inside of him, I don't have all the answers. All right, so we're going to work on preparation, protections, partnerships. There are people that you have to connect with to get destiny done. And then provisions, yes, you're going to have to need to put some resources aside that won't benefit you. Suck it up, buttercup. Some of the stuff that we invest in you're not going to get the benefit of. And you got to be okay with that. Why? Because there's things in this place that you're experiencing the benefit of, but you weren't, we weren't here when this church was built. Somebody did something and we're getting benefit of. 
So we're going to put our points on the board for generations and we might not get any benefit out of it ourselves. We're just going to get a satisfaction that we were part of God's plan and we ought to be okay with that. Hebrews 11 and 7 says, by faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became the heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. Scripture said Noah was righteous in his generations, and what a righteous person does is they make preparations on the thing that they believe. Verse 23 by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. Even if it becomes illegal, we're going to still do ministry. We can't say it won't. You know, what, 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 who, who would have thought it would be legal to just lock up children and let them die? Who would have thought? And it would be church people blaming their parents because they died. Church people. Evangelicals. Much love. I'm talking to you. Yep. Mm -hmm. Who thought that was okay? Okay. So we're going to do that. We're going to protect and prepare for our future generations. Number six. Faith talks about tomorrow like it was yesterday. Live the future in the present tense. All right? We're going to be those that see destiny and call to it. Did you hear me make a faith statement? I was calling to the destiny in some young people in my family. I have to talk about it like it's already done. I have to help them to hear what I see by me saying it. All right. Uh, Romans 4.17. This is talking about Abraham. Because this is how God talks. Pastor David, why you talk like that? Because that's how God talks. And I'm talking like God talks. As it is written... God saying to Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations. Many nations weren't born yet when he said that. In the presence of him in whom he believed, that he that's believing is Abraham, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. God talks about tomorrow like it was yesterday. All right, so we're going to do the same thing. Now, how many times am I going to have to call my tomorrows until they become my yesterdays? I don't know. I went by and saw my god godmother this this weekend, and you know, just for the holiday. Um, you know, my goddad turned eighty-four. She's 85. And I said, hey, you like me and Nedra. He said, no, you and Nedra like me. <laughs> well, all righty then. <laughs> you see, just got it. I just dialed that back right quick, didn't I? Dialed it right back. Rewind. 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, that's the CN85. They still got that quick wit, right? And um, I reminded her um, when my godbrother, year after year, was incarcerated, how I would go by and uh, we couldn't leave. You know, I didn't spend time and then I'm ready to expedite. It's time for me to move on to my next appointment. You know, I'm trying not to be honorable, but then I'm trying to be me too. Um, but I had to make sure that I allot time for us to pray. Because we're going to join hands before we leave. And we're going to thank God and we was going to pray for Jonathan. And we was going to pray and we prayed year after year. And uh, my godfather was just like, but God mama was like, we gonna pray. And year after year, 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 we prayed. And then one day, what was tomorrow became a yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so I said, well, we just need to pray and just thank him now. Because see, now they just let me leave. But I'm like, no, no, no. Mm -mm. <laughs> now I'm saying, no, we need to pray. Let's just thank God now. You got it? How long does it take for your tomorrows to become yesterday's? I wish I had that answer for you. I don't. But I'm going to keep calling to, until it does. Amen? Number seven, recognize the power of speaking the blessing over next and future generations. That there is a power of laying your hands on a young child and telling them to be fruitful and multiply, to replenish their subdue it and take their your dominion. Know that your words in their life has power. I remember the people. There was a lady named Sister Dot. I can I forget her name. My mom would have to Sister Dorothy, right? And she, Sister Birch, yes, yes. They called her Dot. And um, she she bought me some books when I was real young. And um, they were they were books uh, with words and pictures, but I couldn't read yet. And then I would look at the picture and make up words. I would look at the pictures because I couldn't read yet and make up words, but I developed a love for reading before I could read. And I still remember today what that did to me. It opened up a world for me that hasn't closed yet. Now, did she break the bank? Mm -mm. It wasn't the size. It wasn't the cost. It was the investment. It didn't cost her much. But that small thing changed my life. What small actions is the Lord asking you to do? Can you be sensitive enough to hear him speak to you and talk to you about some young child and then to say something about their lives? All right, so don't, don't, don't rush past. 
and be willing to talk past their dumb days. Be okay with them not being okay and still calling it right. And be willing to do it day after day, year after year, after year after year after year. Because when they come to themselves, they will remember what you said. When they come to themselves, they will remember that one person that said, man, she always spoke good of me, even when I wasn't. He always encouraged me, even when my stuff wasn't what it needed to be. All right, Mark 10, 13 through 16. This is our last scripture, and then I'll give you number eight. Um, then they brought little children to him, him being Jesus, that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked those who brought them. See, these professional preachers, they can get you in trouble, man. <laughs> I, I'm kind of hardcore. Pastor, why are you so hard? Because the Bible is hard on them. They weren't on the right side of history, were they? Look at verse 14. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased. Jesus was greatly displeased. He wasn't just a little bit upset. He wasn't just a little bit bothered. The Bible says he was greatly displeased and said to them, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them for of such is the kingdom of God. They have a capacity to understand God's ways of being and doing. That's why I want to get as much of the kingdom into them right now because they will outrun some of us. We can be slow to believe, and they'll just believe it. Verse 15, Assuredly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. Right? I just want you to understand that that same Jesus is asking you to do the same thing in his name. Don't make him displeased with you by pushing kids away from Jesus because we haven't grown up church. All right? Finally, 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 number eight. May kindred, excuse me, make kingdom, kindred, corporate, and customized moves for the destiny of next and future generation. Kingdom moves is moves that will benefit anybody and everybody. Our Destiny Festival was a kingdom move. You didn't have to be a part of our church. If you came in here and we had something, it'll bless you. We just wanted you to be blessed. All right. So some things you'll do and some of those people, they'll be back the next time we do something kingdom for the community. And that's okay. Because we want to still bless their young people. Kindred moves are things that are specific to your family. All right? Go get your kids. If they won't come, go by your, your kid's house and get your grandkids. And bring them. All right? Get yourself, get yourself okay with inconveniencing yourself 
to affect your family. Three, recognize that there are corporate moves, things that we will do as a church. All right? So um, I'm asking God about our Christian education. I'm asking him about how we're going to make destiny deposit. I'm asking him, how do we use the space that we have? I'm asking him to give me a place with bigger space. But stewardship says, don't waste what you already got asking him to give you something more. All right. So I at least have to take advantage of the facility that I already have asking him to give me a better and bigger facility. All right. So those are corporate moves, things that we will work together as a church. And then there are customized moves. Customized moves says I look at each child with their individual destiny and say, well, what's for him is not for that one. That one needs this specific thing to get to their destiny. That one needs something else. And that's okay. And when it comes to a customized move, then I don't compare this one with that one. I acknowledge that each has a destiny and their destiny is important to God and to them. And I will support what they're called to do, encourage them, train them, give them the best that I have. And then I won't say, why don't you be like brother so-and-so's kid? I don't do that. Does that make sense? Come on, let's stand. Did this, did this bless you? Go ahead and clap then. Hallelujah. Remember, God has an amazing plan for your life. The plan he put together, we, the code word we use here is destiny. There's power in words. God frames worlds with words. And so that word destiny means something unique and specific and special. Right? That plan that he put to access God's plan for your life requires that you first of all make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Listen, whatever you've done in your past won't hinder you from the plan, but at some point you, you need to participate and partner with God in the plan. And the way you do that is by coming to know Jesus Christ. So while our heads are bowed, eyes are closed, believers are praying. If you'd like to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, it's very simple. You ask him and invite him in and believe that he came, he lived a perfect life, and that he died to pay the penalty for all of your imperfections. That he rose again, that he sits with authority at the right hand of God the Father and ask him to be the Lord, which is the ruler of your life. If that's you, you'd like us to pray and lead you in a prayer that makes that so in your life. Can you show me that by raising your hand in Jesus' name? see your hand all right the second appeal that I have to you is um, maybe you've been a believer but you've allowed hurts hindrances and habits to get in the way um, or that the Lord is dealing with you 
and you see something specific in the word and you're asking God, just like I'm opening myself up, you're saying, God, I'm opening yourself up to, to hear from God on behalf of children and your family in your church and in your community if that's you would you show me that would you raise your hands lift your hands up okay that's a big one right that's a big one thank you, you can put your hand down and listen the, the things that we said today wherever you are you can do that you can believe you can pray you can speak you can make investment you can partner right so these are not things that's so far out that somebody else has got to do it. No, I want you to take the assignment where you are. And if you open yourself up to God, God will speak to you. All right? We're confident of that. Third appeal is you're a believer, but you haven't received the, the infilling, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Didn't deal with that much today. But last week we talked about, you know, the fact that Mary and Elizabeth were um, both filled with the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist filled with the Holy Spirit from the womb. That Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and he spoke, right? And so we're believing God that part of the empowerment that we have to be effective witnesses for Jesus Christ is through this infilling of the Holy Spirit. If that's you, you're a believer, but you haven't received that. Just show me that. I'm believing God for that in my own life in Jesus name amen and then finally 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 fourth appeal that uh, we always make is we'd love um, I'd love to be your pastor love to be the destiny coach the person that God puts in your life to guide you to speak words of life into your life to get you from where you are to the destiny that God has for you if you're interested getting information about membership at destiny generation church would you just raise your hand and we'll just talk to you one-on-one -on -one after service is over in jesus name amen amen thank you thank you all right come on let's pray together heavenly father i come to receive jesus as my lord and savior come into my heart lord jesus i believe god raised you from the dead just for me thank you for receiving me into your royal family Heavenly Father, you told me through Jesus that if I ask you as a good father, you would fill me with the gift of your precious Holy Spirit. I'm asking now, I believe I receive it, and I fully expect to speak with other tongues as your spirit gives me utterance. Heavenly Father, I purpose to be a destiny partner with you, believing for increase for the next and future generations. Speak to me, talk to me, give me assignment to bless those future generations in my family, in my church, and in my community, in the name of Jesus. All right, go ahead and praise the Lord right there. You may be seated in the church. I just want to acknowledge those that are watching with us online. You have, um, hopefully the word was a blessing to you. Please, again, there's social media information there. 
um, about how you can connect with us uh, on social media, please do so. Just help us to get the word out. We want other people to experience the difference of destiny like you have. Also, we want you to consider sowing the seed um, and information is there on the screen that allows um, you to do so in that. Now, um, just one uh, final announcement that um, we have our watch night service. Um, and so we definitely want to make sure that we um, ask you, invite you to come out to our service um, tomorrow night from 7 to 9 p.m. We'll, we do it a little early so you can get home and be in the comfort of your home when other stuff happens in Jesus' name. And um, uh, But you've had a chance to um, participate and just believe God for the new year together. Amen. All right. All right. And then we will be back next um, Sunday, um, continuing on in our series. And then um, we will not have service on Tuesday night. So that's canceled. Um, but we'll be back after the first of the year. All right. God bless you. See you next time.